Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show presented by the NFL Draft Bible, NFLDraftBible.com. It is July 7th, 2016. Hope you all enjoyed the holiday weekend. Happy 4th of July. And uh, last week we finished the offensive side of the ball by knocking out the offensive linemen. Uh, And, of course, uh, this afternoon we are going to make the switch to the defensive side of the ball as we kick things off with the defensive linemen, um, the opposite side of the uh, the line we go to today. As always, I am your host, Chris Fell. A reminder that the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium kicks off January 7th and goes on through January 11th in Bedford, Texas. For information and to view the watch list of over 400 prospects, you can log on to CGS All-Star com and for more updates on the College Gridiron Showcase and for the best NFL draft coverage, stay locked into NFLDraftBible.com and go to NUCGold.com to subscribe uh, and of course use the free uh, 30-day free trial Draft 2016. It's still up and running again. Draft 2016 for a free 30-day trial NFLDraftBible.com. Be sure to follow on Twitter at NFLDraftBible at CGS All Star. And uh, if you have any questions regarding the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, please contact the co-founders of the game, Craig Red and or Jose Jefferson. And with that said, I now welcome onto the show one of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase, Craig Red, onto the program. And Craig, last week we went over the offensive linemen, and now today we are focusing on the defensive line in the trenches. Uh, you know, they say this is where the game is uh, won and lost. Uh, t- touch on the trenches, the, the battles in the trenches from last year's DGS, if you could, uh, Craig. I mean, was there anybody on, on the offensive line that really dominated the entire weekend, uh, left a, a lasting impression on you? There, there was, can you guys hear me? There, there yep, hey, Craig, guys. how are you doing? Okay, perfect. Um, sorry about that. There were a few guys on both sides of the ball. Um from, from certainly from the defensive end, we had uh, Trevor Bates out of Maine. He, uh, our, our coaches couldn't stop raving about him the, the, the entire week. He, he was just a guy that just jumped out from, from word go. Um, also, Isaac Williams. For, for a guy who was you know, not on the field for, for a year you know, due to the, you know, the issues there at Notre Dame, he kept himself in, in great condition, and, and he came out ready to play. And you know he really caught the eye of you know eyes of our coaches, and uh, thought he had really a, a great week of practice. Uh, Jonathan Woodard, you know had had a really solid practice, you know week of practice, being a smaller school guy, and you know he, I think he set the tone and wasn't intimidated at all based off of uh, you know the, the level of competition. And then Rodney Coe uh, from the interior side of things, you know he really jumped out and impressed a lot of coaches. And considering he was a JUCO running back, uh, certainly handled being inside the trenches really well and, again, stood up to the competition and and really stood out for the week. And you know what? I mean, uh, Trevor Bates obviously heard his name called late in the draft in the seventh round. Jonathan Woodard, a a guy that also heard his name uh, called in the seventh round by the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
Um, and, of course, recently just put on the IR after tearing his Achilles, I believe it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, and, again, this is where games are won and lost. I mean, they're in the trenches. Um, you can never have enough pass rushers. You can never have enough depth on the defensive line. And same goes for the offensive line. Um, but, but shifting the focus back to the defensive line, Craig, um, final question, uh, and then, of course, we'll touch a little bit more on the CGS and see if there's any more new developments or any updates. But uh, on the defensive line, though, I mean, uh, where, where does this rank as to uh, the importance to a football team uh, for you? I mean, how important is it for you uh, to, to have a decent or a above-average defensive line? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a former I'm a former defensive guy, so for me, you know, I, I think I think on both sides of the ball, though, um, the line's the most important thing. And and if you follow, you know, obviously, you know, we're all football guys here, but if you follow it, offensive and defensive line are so key to setting the tone for a game. Uh, you know, I think that the teams that were in the playoffs, most of the teams that were in the playoffs were top ten or top twelve. In the league in sacks, that, that, that's just an important stat. And you know the defensive line sets the tone because it, it makes the you know the back seven makes it a lot easier for those guys. If you can get after the quarterback and you know makes it easier for the linebackers if you can hold those guys up and keep them free, keep them clean so they can make some tackles and make some hits. So I think the defensive line is vital. Absolutely, certainly uh, makes everything gel together on the defense. Uh... You know, in order to have a good defense, a great defense, you have to have a pass rush. You have to have a solid defensive line as a whole. And uh, with that said, again, we will be focusing on the defensive linemen on today's show. But before we let you go, Craig, um, is there any update or any new developments with the College Gridiron Showcase? Uh, I know it's been a little while since we've last spoken to you, but uh, I know a few weeks ago uh, Jose was talking about uh, the, the recent trip you guys made down to Bedford, Texas. Yeah, it, it was really a, a great trip. Uh, the, the, the people in Bedford are, are really excited about having us come back and really opening their arms. And, you know, we're in the planning stages, and they're in the planning stages of doing some really nice things for us. We just uh, – I'm going to announce it here first, but we, we just signed on with a um, Defiance Fuel, which is which is a, a water company as our official water of – uh, the College Gridiron Showcase, and they'll also be the title sponsor of the All CGS team this year, uh, as well as supplying some, you know, water and water stations throughout the hotel and water for the players at the field. But for us, this is really a uh, a, a great sign and a great partnership that we're ventured into with them. They are up and coming water company. They do some really great things and. Uh, you know, I know we spoke to Rick, and we'll probably have them on in another show to to let them tell a little bit about their, you know, their technology. But adding them as as a as a major sponsor is is really a good get for us, and I think we'll be able to grow with them, and they'll be able to grow with us, and I think that's going to be a really nice partnership and one that we're really excited about. Absolutely. Well, c- congratulations on that first and foremost, and uh, obviously the arrow is pointing upwards. Uh, for the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase. Craig, thanks for checking in. Thanks, guys. Take care. There he goes once again. One of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, Craig Red, putting in work. And, uh, you know, as Rick says, I mean, he says all the time, can't stop, won't stop, don't even know how to stop. It's July. And, 
you know, still putting in work, making sure that the uh, 2017 College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium is bigger and better than ever. And uh, with that said, it's a pleasure to bring on to the show now to discuss the defensive lineman on the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase watch list. We have Joe Everett and Justin Gamble of NFLDraftBible.com. Rick, of course, is on location at another football camp. Uh, it's great to have Justin back on the airwaves, though. Again, I am your host, Chris Shanafelt. And uh, now we take a look at Group 1. We're going to start off with the defensive tackles uh, that are on the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase watch list. Uh, we have Carlos Watkins out of Clemson, Eddie Vanderdose of UCLA, Dalvin Tomlinson, Alabama, Montrevious Adams, Auburn, Jaleel Johnson, Iowa, Jaron Jones, Notre Dame, Chris Warmley, Michigan, Jake Raplogle of Purdue, Tandell Smart of Tulane, Christian LaCouture of LSU, and uh, Danny O'Brien of Tennessee he wraps up the top 10 defensive tackles on the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase watch list. Joe, we'll go to you. I mean, looking at this list, I mean, just looking at the schools alone, uh, Tulane really stands out on this list. It's the uh, only non-Power 5 school uh, represented in the top 10 of the defensive tackles. What makes Tanzel Smart of Tulane a unique NFL prospect? Oh, it's uh, high motor. I mean, it's all those uh, coin phrases, try hard, extra effort, but it's so true in this case. He just... He's all out to the whistle blows. Uh, I think he's a double major. He literally is a smart kid. But the only thing wrong I'm seeing is just a little height deficiencies. He doesn't have ideal lengths, but he makes up for it in his functional strength, his pass rushing ability. Uh, all conference first team last year, 15 tackles for a loss. Uh, I think he could have left as a junior, but I mean the team's three and nine, and like you said, Tulane. It's uh, he is literally one of the lone bright spots of this roster, but just looking at him, um, I think he comes back to play with his younger brother, uh, Keon Smart, who redshirted last year, and honestly, the program, this is a sleeper in the making. Tulane gets Willie Fritz from Georgia Southern. He could manufacture some offense. Tanzel Smart wants to go out a winner, so uh, I think that's why he comes back. Uh, I, I do honestly believe he would have been drafted had he declared, but this would be good for his draft stock. Uh, he hits the weight room extremely hard. He's a true leader on and off the field. I look at this guy as a, a squeaky clean prospect, a self-motivated kid workout warrior that, uh, uh, hey, he's a great addition to any locker room. Uh, way as I see it, I'm another kid. I know I'll break the record again, but wherever he gets drafted, Tanzel Smart's going to be starting at the next level. It's just uh, what he is, who he is to that program. Uh, it just says so much. So I'm I'm just anxious to see his senior season. I hope it all goes well for him because uh, yeah, this is a this is a Sunday player. A very big human being at 6'1", 305 pounds, racked up 62 tackles, 15 tackles for loss last season. And, again, now he returns as one of the top senior defensive linemen in all the country. Um, Justin, first things first, uh, hope hope all is well, man. Good to hear from you. Uh, most intriguing player, or, or do you have a personal favorite when it comes to the de uh, defensive tackles in the uh, 2017 senior class? Uh, yeah, man. Hey, good to hear from you, Shani. Good to, good to hear from Joe as well. Um, I haven't seen much of Tenzel Smart, but now it looks like he's a guy I'm going to have to put on my watch list pretty quickly. Um, one guy that I was intrigued by, especially last year, was 
Montrevious Adams from uh, Auburn kind of burst onto the scene in that Louisville game and, um, you know, didn't stop there. I, I think he was a little misused in uh, Will Muschamp's offense, but this year it looks like he'll be going back to probably three-tech. Um, one of the most explosive interior linemen I saw last season. Um, one of those guys kind of like kind of like Aaron Donald where it's just every single snap you're seeing him into the backfield and you're seeing him the first guy off the snap. He's got the height. He's got the length. I think he could probably play five-tech in the NFL. But moving forward, he's a guy that intrigues me because he's a little raw. Kind of didn't know what he was doing last year, but he's a freak athlete. So um, he's a guy that I look to probably, you know, fly up some boards come draft time. And hopefully he has a big year and hopefully he's utilized um, the right way to maximize what he does well. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully Auburn has a a better year than they did uh, last season as well. I mean, it seems like college football as a whole is always better when uh, Auburn is having success at Auburn and Alabama rival. You you have to love that. Um, Looking at group two of the defensive tackles, B.J. Singleton out of Houston, uh, Trayvon Hester, Toledo, Ryan Glasgow, Michigan, Christian Hayward of San Diego State, Travis Tuloma, BYU, DJ Jones, Ole Miss, Joey Ivey of uh, Florida, Jordan Wade, Oklahoma, and Greg Kuhar of uh, Northwestern. Um, we'll kick it back to you, Joe. I mean, uh, just, just looking at this group two list alone, who's a guy, one, one, maybe two guys that you'll be keeping a close eye on this year um, and, and, you know, could possibly uh, one list that uh, we, we just spoke about? Well, one I'm definitely looking at, you know, I've, I'm going to be watching my Maxion guys. Uh, uh, Trayvon Hester, this is a very tough kid, a Pittsburgh native, uh, real mobile man with some legit pass rushing skills, uh, two-time all-conference. I like him better as a three-technique and even front. I think he's got a little Steven Seagal judo chop about him on the inside. He just fights so well with his hands and breaks off a block's quickly i'd like to see him uh, just more consistent leg drive uh, it seems like sometimes he stops his feet instantly on first contact and that's a no-no uh in any level of football so i just unfinished product tester is but i like the moves he's got i think he'd look good in a cowboys uniform maybe a, a vikings or a lions jersey perhaps as far as the, the, the kind of schemes they're running and what he could contribute to the cause but uh, still like yeah he has some work to do i'm going to be watching him closely uh, toledo is not done yet they may have lost their coach i think that's still a winning program and then one guy I want to touch on from Group 1 real quick, uh, Jake uh, Rapolo, Purdue, I think, right in my neck of the woods. I do a lot of work in Lafayette, and this kid's good. Uh, yeah, well, one of his brothers that decided not to go to IU, Tyler, Mike, Adam, all of his older brothers all ended up as Hoosiers, and, uh, boy, he uh, just a spite of my guess. But just another high-motor type. I love the what He's kind of the opposite the anti-Trayvon Hester, he just never stops that leg drive all the way through to the whistle. High athleticism, Chase plays down. Uh, if, if they still played Ironman football, this guy could do it. I mean, if this is 1910, Jake Replogue would be a good player. Even today, though, uh, 60 tackles last season from the interior, 14 for a loss. This guy is just – he's all over it. So uh, I think that's a guy just – Watch where he goes. I think he's another name uh, that's just going to ascend up the boards. People are going to be talking a little more about him uh, as this as season goes on. 
All right, Jake Rapologel of uh, uh, Purdue on, on Joe's all generation list right there. Um, <laughs> Justin, do you uh, out of uh, the, the group two of uh, defensive tackles? I mean, is there a guy that kind of really catches your eye? Yeah, there's one guy that kind of um, I didn't get to see as much of him as I wanted to last year, and he'll be a big study for me this year, obviously. But um, Joey Ivy from Florida, I believe he was a former five star recruit, came in. They have a lot of they have a lot of hopes and they have big expectations for this kid. He's long. He's a little under, so he's 295. So I wouldn't say he's undersized, but I believe he's six, three. So he's got the little bit leaner of frame and he's good with his hands. He's got the strong base. Um, he, he's raw. So you didn't get to see as much interior pass rush from him as you would like, but I think moving forward that that's probably going to be his area of strength and um, playing in the SEC. We're going to get to see him play against top competition each and every week. So I think with a big year from that guy, um, you know, sky's the limit. He's an athlete, number one. And uh, as long as he can put all that together, I think, I think he can go pretty high. I think he can rise, you know, into at least day two, day one conversation, even being this early, we can say that. So um, talented kid. I'm looking forward to watching him. All right. Joey Ivy of Florida. Now, before we move on to the defensive end, you guys, I, I, now I'm going to just throw this question out there. I mean, uh, either of you guys could answer it. Both of you guys could answer it. What, what, is a, uh, uh, what, what is one of the major traits that you're looking for in, in a defensive tackle? Joe, you want to aggressiveness? I'd just say aggressiveness. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd probably broken record again, but high motor, a guy that just does not stop, even mm-hmm. if he's on the back end of a play on the opposite end of the play, is he looking for the football and just hyperactivity is, is one of the things. Cause I mean, a lot of these guys have size, a lot of them have talent. It's just what they choose to do with it and how they understand the concepts. So I, I think maybe it's a little too broad an answer, but yeah, I'm looking for that motor. Those intangibles, man. So they have to have a high motor. They have to go out there and get it. They they have to give it their all, and uh, certainly uh, have to have to have the body to be there in the inside of that defensive line as well. Again, you guys are listening to the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show. I'm your host, Chris Chanfo. We got Justin Gamble and Joe Everett here, uh, of course, uh, presented by the NFL Draft Bible, NFLDraftBible.com, bringing you the names that you need to know first since 2002, uh, and we've named the top 20 prospects on the CGS defensive tackle watch list. There's still 10 more defensive tackles. You guys can uh, log on to cgsallstar.com and uh, find those guys uh, Find those guys there. And, uh, again, I mean, you can see the entire watch list of 400-plus prospects there, cgsallstar.com. And uh, moving on to the defensive ends now, you guys, uh, number one, we got Jonathan Allen, Alabama, Demarcus Walker, Florida State, Devontae Fields, Louisville, Isaac Rochelle of Notre Dame, Deshaun Hall, Texas A&M, Dietrich Wise Jr. of Arkansas, Lewis Neal, LSU, Ken Eknum of Virginia Tech, Hunter Dimmick of Utah, and Alex Barrett of San Diego State. Joe, uh, how many uh, first-round grades do you have on, on these guys? I mean, how many edges as of right now can we see going in, uh, in round one of uh, 2017? Jonathan Allen is the only guy I'd feel safe about putting an official round one stamp on at this point, just because, I mean, he could, 
he could get injured tomorrow in training and still get drafted in the first round of what he did. When the rest of your teammates call you a freak and you're on the best team in college football, that that's a good sign. Uh, just because we're so far out in the process, um, I'd say another big season from Demarcus Walker. The guy had double-digit sacks last year. He compounds that. He could parlay that into a day one. Uh, Devontae Fields, what happened off the field? Is squeaky clean? He is not. So I think that hurts his stock a, a little bit. Um, some of the guys we talked about earlier, maybe Watkins, uh, Clemson kid, the Vander does at UCLA. I you know, despise him because he spawned Notre Dame. He should be <laughs> playing for the Irish, but shows an inferior football program. That's uh, his fault, not mine. But uh, – I think Jonathan Allen's the only one, like, we're looking at elite blue chip prospect uh, and maybe some guys in the next coming episode. It's just, I think, a few guys that have something to prove. Deshaun Hall, a lot to prove. Uh, Dietrich Wise, something to prove here. So, uh, But what we are looking at, I think, guys, uh, rounds two and three, this is, this whole podcast is just uh, littered with. So, uh, but. Uh, yeah, as far as the official stamp, uh, I'm giving it to Jonathan Allen, and I'm I'm reserving my right for the next six months <laughs> to forecast. All right, all right, sounds good. Well, what about you, Justin? Uh, I mean, any favorite prospect of this bunch of the uh, defensive ends? Well, I want to say John Allen, but we touched on him. Um, he's just you know, a manimal inside. He doesn't really have a true position yet, but the kid is unbelievable and he's got the motor, he's got the strength. But if we're going to go opposite end of the spectrum, we're going to go Devontae Fields, um, you know, played at TCU, was freshman of the year, whatever, had a ton of sacks, but then he was dismissed from the program, went to community college. Now he's back at Louisville. Um, the only thing when you watch him on tape, he's got all, everything you want, the quickness, the bend, the, the long arms, he can do pretty much anything. In the open field, he looks like a safety. But last season, you just didn't see um, a lot of effort from the kid. Um, it looked like he was taking not plays off, but games off, um, which is a darn shame because he's one of the most talented kids in the nation. Um, but when he turns it on, you see everything you want. You see that t- prototype 3-4 outside linebacker that can stand up and get in the two-point stance and get after the quarterback and pretty much do anything he wants out on the field. So um, this season, I'm looking for a lot more effort from him. I'm looking for a complete game, game in and game out. And I think that's, you know, he's a surefire first rounder if he turns it on. If he turns it on, you're going to see him dominate at the college level. But it's just a matter of if he wants it or not. But, I mean, from a athleticism and measurable standpoint, that's my guy. Yeah, and as you touched on, uh, you know, making his third stop. I mean, started off at TCU, made a stop at the uh, junior college ranks, and now at Louisville. Uh, so we'll have to see if he puts it all together. And uh, looking at uh, the, the last guy that was on uh, the group one list of defensive ends, Alex Barrett of uh, San Diego State. Um, I was actually just able to watch a little bit of him this morning, I mean, uh, and doing some research, I mean, as a sophomore and a junior uh, he was the Aztecs uh, defensive lineman of the year. Certainly looked like one of the better defensive linemen in that uh, entire Mountain West Conference. Um, very quick and quite the athlete last season. Uh, he proved that he could play multiple positions on the defensive line when their starting defensive tackle went out. Um, it, it was Barrett that shifted inside and took over there for a couple of games. So uh, Alex Barrett, 
uh, may be a name to look out for as well when talking about these defensive ends. Not not so sure if I'm putting them in the whole first-round conversation just yet or anything, but uh, certainly uh, quite the talent right there. And with that said, let's move on to group two of the defensive ends, uh, starting with Kylie Spitz of Utah, and then we got LaMichael Fanning of Jacksonville State. Actually crossed that name out. I believe it was just yesterday it was uh, – became official that he was not granted his sixth year of eligibility. So uh, we'll have to see what's going to be going on with him. And then we got Brian Cox, Jr., Florida, Chris Castro, Florida State, Tashawn Bauer, LSU, Junior Nogante of uh, North Carolina. I know I butchered that one. Savon Pittman yeah. of Akron, Keontae Davis of Chattanooga, Noble Noah Chowchu of uh, Western uh, West Virginia, Corey Vereen, Tennessee, and Dwayne Smoot, one of my favorites out of Illinois, wraps up the uh, group two of the defensive end. Um, Joe, I know that uh, Brian Cox, he's a guy that uh, he has some, some uh, football bloodlines in him. I mean, there, there's quite a few in this list that uh, are sons of former college football stars and professional football players, such as Brian Cox of Florida, the, the son of uh, former NFL linebacker Brian Cox, who spent 12 years in the league. Um, how many of these guys who have the bloodline stand out to of a defense fence? Well, it seems like we get a bloodline every position for every show every year. Uh, what offense we had yeah. Chad Kelly, uh, Jim Kelly's nephew, Zach Banner, Lincoln Kennedy's son, Barry Sanders Jr., the list goes on. Uh, well, the defensive tackle, we should just touch on uh, what is, uh, Ryan Glasgow. Well, he's the younger brother of uh, Graham Glasgow, playing a little backup center for the Lions, but I'd say it's uh, Cox Jr. and then uh, Dietrich Weiss Jr., his father, cup of coffee with the Buffalo Bills, played a little Canadian football, drafted in the late 80s. So those two stand out. I think Cox Jr. right now is uh, a lot of people are are guilty of underrating him. Uh, He's just overshadowed on a team that's loaded with talent. When you actually look at his numbers, he had 11 TFLs last year and uh, investigating his career early on hampered by a hip issue. He had to have a full replacement if I'm right. So that's going to slow anybody's development. And I, I read last year he put on 18 pounds of muscle and you, you look in into the, the 2015 gameage there and he's actually starting to pick it up towards the end of the season. So I think that's a guy that Want, uh, guilty of being on a good team, perhaps. And then also Weiss, uh, I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, so those two bloodlines, I'd say, stand out uh, definitely the most. Okay. And, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It, it seems like not only every year, but it, it seems like damn near every show we could uh, talk about the bloodlines of these uh, NFL or future NFL prospects. Um, Justin, what one or two under-the-radar guys here in this uh, this group, two of defensive ends? I mean, is there a guy here that you think ha- has a chance to uh, really move his way up the draft boards with a, a solid performance this, uh, this senior season? I think there's two that stand out. Um, first one is Dwayne Smoot from Illinois. Um, again, I've only seen a little bit of this kid, but in the time I've seen, <clears throat> he's – Definitely what you look for if you're looking for a you know base end in a 4-3 defense. He's long. He's got the burst. Um, he's strong at the point. Um, I think he's you know just a victim of playing for Illinois so far and not playing as much as you'd like to see. But he's a guy that I think with what he – I mean, just getting off the bus, you can tell this is a guy that we're going to have to game plan for, and he's a guy that's going to give us trouble. Um, look for him to rise. And then another guy that – 
um, plays on a stacked team, so I think he just flies under the radar simply because there's so much talent around him, is Tashawn Bauer. Um, he had a few flashes last season where you could tell this kid can move. He probably could play in a 4-3 or a 3-4. Um, gets after the quarterback. He's not the most gifted athletically, I'd say. He's not going to flash all over the place. But he knows what he's doing with his hands. He knows how to um, set up offensive tackles. He understands leverage. He's one of those guys that really is mental about the game. And it shows because he's doing some savvy things out there. So look for him. Um, once again, he's on LSU, so it's going to be hard. You're going to be swimming with prospects, on, you know, but he's a guy. Keep your, keep your eyes on him. All right, yeah, Tashaw, Tashawn Bauer of LSU, and you touched on Smoot of Illinois. Really excited to see what he and the fighting Illini do under uh, Lovey Smith now and, uh, you know, bringing over a pretty big transfer in Hardy Nickerson on that uh, that defense as well. And I gotta gotta touch on quickly. Um, I mentioned the Michael family, the Michael Fanning. It looks like he won't be getting his sixth year of eligibility. But there's another small school around here that's really intriguing. And that's Keontae Davis of Chattanooga. Um, really nice pass rusher, Chattanooga. Uh, they they just had a nice pass rusher come out uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, Davis Toll, well, Keontae Davis trumps trumps all of them. Trumps uh, Davis Toll. I mean, uh, absolutely makes a living in the backfield. Um, and broke Davis Toll's single-season sack record um, as he tied for the second most in all the FCS last season with 13 and a half sacks. Led the Southern Conference with 17 tackles for loss and uh, brings nice size at 6'4", 260. And uh, definitely, in my opinion, the top uh, defensive end in the FCS. And you could really make a solid argument he's the number one defensive player in all of the FCS. Um, Keontae Davis of Chattanooga. And uh, with that, we've uh, named the top 20 prospects uh, on the uh, College Gridiron Showcase defensive end list uh, there, and uh, there's still 15 more, uh, and you can see those uh, and the list in its entirety, 400-plus prospects on cgsallstar.com and nfldraftbible.com. Remember to use the promo code uh, DRAFT2016 for a free 30-day trial. Um, and, you guys, any final thoughts here? I mean, what's, what's this, uh, you know, overview of the defensive line? I mean, how, how strong is this? Uh, the senior class of defensive linemen that we're uh, getting ready to gear up for. Uh, Joe? Again, very deep. Uh, like I said, this is littered with day two guys out the wazoo. And, and you just hit it. I mean, this is just the seniors. I think there's a bunch of edge rushers, underclassmen, that are just going to flood the waters here. So it seems like every year we're talking about a great DL class, but this is shaping up to be, uh, yet again, another one. I'm glad you touched on Keonta Davis. Uh, that kid's got some good games out there already. I'm hoping he, he just puts on another good senior season because, yeah, he's that star is definitely ascending. Uh, but other than that, I'm just hey, fired up. Like you said, Hardy Nickerson Jr. next week, yet another bloodline. You hit the nail on the head, bro. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts, any final words before we uh, shut this thing down? Um, once again, we're going to look at another deep class. I mean, I know we said it last year. I know we said last year would be one for the history books because we had so many guys that we thought could be potential starters, but looking at this senior class and then checking out all the, all the, uh, underclassmen already on the list, I think we're shaping up for another one, just like last year, maybe even deeper. Cause <clears throat> this is, this is insane. There's so many Joe Joe said it. There are so many guys already that you can say, these guys are probably day two at minimum. Um, and, you know, they can only go up from there. So 
it, it's pretty insane. There's a lot of base ends this year. It's rare that we get that, but this year there's a lot of 43 base ends, a lot of true defensive ends, um, and a lot of interior guys that we're going to have to keep an eye on. So another one, uh, another one for the history books, maybe. Yeah, a lot, lot of talent for sure, and uh, that'll do it. That's a wrap for our College Gridiron Showcase watch list defensive line show. Click subscribe and stay tuned for our linebackers show coming up next week. Don't forget to log on to Team College Gridiron Showcase watch list, uh, and we are still accepting player nominees all season long. Uh, very easy to do. Again, cgsallstar.com. Of course, nucgold.com. Is, is your home for the NFL Draft and uh, High School Recruiting Insider News. NFL Draft Bible, established in 2002, bringing you the names that you need to know first since 2002. Follow us all on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible, at CGS All-Star. You can follow me at Chris Shanafelt, Joe at Joe W. Everett, and Justin at Gamscout, G-A-M-S-C-O-U-T. And with that said, thanks for tuning in, and until next week, everybody, take care.